0: Welcome to Life Source Church. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or SoundCloud. Today you're going to hear a message from Pastor Walt that we hope encourages you. So, have you ever been called a Bible thumper? Anybody? Yeah, you've heard the term anyway, right? Positive term or negative term generally speaking. Yeah, right. We, we understand that usually that's used as a negative description for Christians. You know, somehow, in, and I think rightfully so, but in our in our in our uh, culture, uh, Christians have definitely got connected with the Bible. Well, in in our sermon series that we began last week, asking the questions why related to some big spiritual truths that really shape our faith and. And we're going to get to some that are just very practical truths that shape how we live out our faith. Uh, Last week we started with God. Why God? Why is He, you know, such a big deal to us? And, And we saw that if you want to make sense of your life, what do you need to do? Do you remember? Start with God. That's right. Start with God. If you want to make sense of your life, start with God. Well, today we want to ask the question, why the Bible. And because the, the Bible is, uh, does become a point of contention in our culture with people and what they think it's about and what it means. I mean, just think about it. There's something about the Bible. There, you know, there, there's something about this book that people just usually aren't neutral about. You know what I mean? Either... Either you're really saying, this is the Bible, it's the Word of God, or you're saying, no, it's just a book. And you don't want anything, you know, people don't want anything to do with it. But this is not new. I mean, if we think about in this last uh, century, uh, how many oppressive regimes outlawed this book. They didn't want anybody to, to be reading this book. Why is that? And it goes way back, even farther than that. We go back into the book of Genesis, right in the very beginning, Adam and Eve. Remember, God gave them a command and said, you know, you can eat of any tree in this garden you want, but just not that one tree, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, don't eat of that. And God had a plan and a purpose for all of those things. But along came Satan. And what did he say? He says... Did God really say that? Is that that really what he said? So even Satan himself knows that if he can undermine what God has said, if he can undermine that, then he undermines the work of God and he undermines the people of God. So we need to come to understand what is the Bible about? How does it fit into our faith and the things that we are we're talking about. And then we, we really want to ask the question then, how do we benefit from the Bible? You know, if, if we're going to have the Bible as part of our lives and not have it be negative, how, how do you benefit? How do you get the greatest benefit from the Scriptures? And we're going to talk about that before we're done today. The one I will start with you here is for a few minutes and just uh, share with you what some famous people in history have said about the Bible. Okay, so follow along here. Uh, Isaac Newton, you guys remember Isaac Newton, right? He was the guy who, who really worked hard on, on the, the laws of fi- uh, the physics and laws of gravitation. And, and he said this, he says, I have a fundamental belief in the Bible as the Word of God, written by men who were inspired. I study the Bible daily. And by the way, so you know, Isaac Newton is all often by uh, people who are anti-Christianity and want to replace it with a religion of science. They will often say that Isaac Newton uh, was in, in uh, opposition to God and the truth, and that's why the church was against him. Not so. Isaac Newton believed in the Word of God, believed there was an orderly universe because a, a God, God had created it and it revealed it in His Word. So Isaac Newton. John Locke who was a philosopher, a religious philosopher, who really laid a lot of the foundational beliefs that our nation was founded on. Our founding fathers looked to him, and he wrote this. He said, The Bible is one of the greatest blessings bestowed by God on the children of men. It has God for its author, salvation for its end, and truth without any mixture for its matter. George Washington said it is impossible to rightly govern the world without God and the Bible. It's impossible, because we don't know what we need to be doing. Abraham Lincoln said this, he says, I believe the Bible is the best gift God has ever given to man. All the good of the savior of the world is communicated to us through the book, but for it, we could not know right from wrong. But God has revealed those things to us in his word. Theodore Roosevelt said this, a thorough understanding of the Bible is better than a college education. Folks that I know sometimes we don't think that because we are such an education-minded society and it's a good thing. Education's a good thing. But if you have a person who knows God and knows his word and can live by it, that person can figure out anything else they need to figure out that God wants them to do. So important. Woodrow Wilson, uh, uh, the president shortly after the turn of this uh, last century, he says, I am sorry for men who do not read the Bible every day. I wonder why they deprive themselves of the strength and pleasure. And then jump forward a bunch of years to Ronald Reagan and he said, within the covers of the Bible are the answers for all the problems men face. Okay, so this is not a new idea here that we're talking about when we talk about the word of God. People throughout the history of our nation have believed in the value of the Bible. Now, we go back a little farther actually to a man who had connections in both England and in the United States in the early years, in the 1600s, early 1700s. Uh, he's the founder of the Methodist Church and he talks about the Bible, helping us understand that it really is authoritative. John Wesley says this. He says, this book had to be written by one of three people, good men, bad men, or God. And by good men, he means well-intentioned men, but on their own, okay? It couldn't have been written by good men, by good men on their own, because they said it was inspired by the revelation of God. Good men don't lie and deceive. It couldn't have been written by bad men, because bad men would not write something that would condemn themselves. It leaves only one conclusion. It was given by divine inspiration of God. And then there's a man uh, who you... uh, How many of you have had or do now have a chase? Credit card, right? A bunch of us, right? Well, uh, a man named Salmon Chase, uh, who is actually it's his family that is that banking line, Chase Bank. But he also became the the uh, chief justice of the United States Supreme Court. And he said this: "There came a time in my life when I devout, doubted the divinity of the Scriptures, and I resolved, as a lawyer and a judge, I would try." The book, as I would try anything in the courtroom, taking evidence for and against. It was a long, serious, and profound study. And using the same principles of evidence in this religious matter as I always do in secular matters, I have come to the decision that the Bible is a supernatural book, that it has come from God, and that the only safety for the human race is to follow its teachings. And we could go on and on and on and multiply it. And I know we could also go on and, and uh, multiply quotes against the Bible. We understand that. And so that kind of makes me think so. So we have these nine men, okay, uh, who wrote these things, nine men in history. And as I was thinking about that, I mean, they said some pretty strong things about the Bible, didn't they? They're very positive about it and its impact and what it will do in our lives. But there's something that these men all have in common which doesn't give them the final word. It's not the fact that they're all men. (laughs) Okay? You guys there? The problem is what they all have in common is that they're all dead. Right? You know, you don't put much past me. I... (laughs) They're all dead, Uh, which means that they don't have the final say on these things, do they? I mean, they died just like we're going to die. They were mortal just like us, human just like us. And while we like what they say, how do do we really know? And and it reminds me, what, what we really need to know is what did the only person who ever died and came back to life, who is now alive, have to say? The Lord Jesus Christ. What does he say about the Bible? Two weeks ago on Easter, we talked about this, and we talked about how, uh, just looking at the Bible as history, the New as history, and how we could establish historically, you know, uh, just absolutely establish historically that Jesus really did die and rise again from the dead. Okay? If you doubt that about history, then you've got to doubt all history because it is so well attested to. So what did the one who rose from the dead say? What did Jesus believe? When it came to the Bible. Well, let's, let's talk about that just a little bit. The first thing I, I would say that he believed is this he believed it was spoken by God. Jesus, when he's talking, he will say, Haven't you read what the Lord said? and then quote Old Testament scripture. He would say, David spoke by the Holy Spirit. He said that the, the scriptures were spoken by God. He also said that they were authentic, okay, excuse me, they were accurate. They were accurate. Uh, uh, in other words, what they talked about, they got right. Because Jesus talks, uh, this, remember, this is the one who rose from the dead, indicating he indeed was who he said he was, the son of God. And he talks about Adam and Eve as historical figures. He talks about Abel as a historical figure. He talks about Noah and the flood as history. He talks about Abraham and, and, and Sodom and Gomorrah, all these stories. Jesus talks about them very matter of fact as though they really happened because they're recorded in the Scriptures. The Scriptures are accurate. That's what Jesus believed. Jesus also believed the Scriptures are sufficient because he was all the time warning people, listen, don't add anything to the Scriptures. In fact, that's what he went after the religious leaders about because they had added stuff to the Scripture. The Scripture wasn't sufficient, needed more. And they warned about taking away from it. Don't take away from it. Because it was sufficient. He says, what we have in the Bible, the Scriptures, is sufficient. It is what we need. And then he said that it was powerful. Because think, when Jesus, at his weakest moment as a human being, you remember when he went 40 days fasting, and now he is tempted by Satan himself? That's the most powerful spiritual being stands in opposition to God. And what did Jesus, how did Jesus respond with the scriptures, he said, it is written. And the word of God is powerful, okay? Uh, not only is it, is it powerful, I'm trying to remember what the next one you Go ahead and switch for me if you would. Yes, uh, he quoted it as truth. Jesus was all the time in his teaching saying, haven't you read this? The scriptures say that. And basing his teaching on that, answering people's questions by going to the scriptures on it. He also uh, gave us the basis for the New Testament. He set that up because he told his apostles, listen, after I'm gone, the Holy Spirit is going to come and live in you. And he's going to enable you to remember what I said and did. And he's going to give you understanding about that, enable you to write those things. So he said, the New Testament's coming. He didn't use the word New Testament, but we understand the writings there, okay? And and then uh, the final one go ahead if you would to it for me, thank you. Men will be judged by it. Jesus says, in the judgment, the words that the prophets have spoken, the, the things that are in Scripture, that is what men will be judged by. Did Jesus have a high view of Scriptures? Yes, he did. And, and so what did Jesus really believe about the Bible? Well, I, don't, I tried to think of a simple way to say this, but here's what did Jesus believed. He believed that the Bible is the Bible. <laughs> okay, now, by Bible, we're going to look in the Scriptures and see what we're talking about. What are the Scriptures? But he, he believed that it was not just some book. It wasn't just somebody's ideas. It wasn't myth. It wasn't all of those things. It is the Bible. It is what it claims to be. And so what we want to do is just take a little bit of time here now and look. What does the Bible claim for itself to be? Turn to 2 Timothy chapter 3. I think it's page 1368, yeah, page 1368 in the Bible that's in the pew, and we would encourage you to follow along with that today. Now, This letter, written by Paul to a younger man than Paul, named Timothy, and, and he talks about what he had experienced with respect to the Scriptures. And so let's actually let's start reading in verse 14. Paul says to Timothy, and he's instructing Timothy here about the things that are important, the things that he needs to remember, because Timothy is in the ministry. He's preaching, teaching. And so Paul says, you've got to remember these things. He says, but you must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of, knowing from whom you have learned them, and that from childhood you have known the Holy Scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. Folks, do you understand what a privilege it is and what a blessing it is for your children to be taught the word of God? It is, it's huge. Now, we tend to think taught the word of God, they they come to church for that, don't they? Well, do they get taught the word of God when they come to church? They sure do. And, And we think it's so important we're actually gonna work to upgrade that experience for them. But listen... Where they really need to be taught the Word of God is where Timothy was taught the Word of God. And if we go back in the first parts, we find out that it was his grandmother and his mom. Are you teaching your children the Word of God? Teaching your grandchildren the Word of God? Maybe there's other children in your life. Are you, you, you know, working to make sure that they... Know the word of God. But so he says, remember what you learned from a child, and and they make you wise uh, unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. This is the gospel. And and you may be here today and not be sure what we mean when we talk about the gospel. And he's he's talking about this. Every one of us are born with a, a sinful nature. We're born with a nature that wants to do our own thing. And then we do it, don't we? Every one of us. Every one of us at at some point in our lives, we set aside what we know is right because we want to. The Bible calls that sin. And because of that, we don't have spiritual life and we're separated from God. The Bible says if we die without spiritual life separated from God, that will be our eternal condition in a place called hell. But the Bible, the Word of God, tells us that God loved us so much. He sent His Son into the world, the Lord Jesus Christ, who was not a sinful human being. He was God in human form, and He lived a perfect and sinless life, died on the cross, paying the penalty for our sins. And as we celebrated two weeks ago in a special way, Rose from the dead And God says, if you will acknowledge that you have gone your own way, that you have sinned against him and your sins have separated you from him, you will admit that and realize there's nothing you can do to fix it. And instead, you you decide to turn to the Lord and say, okay, God, I, I give up on trying to get this right myself. And I receive your gift of eternal life, your gift of forgiveness because of what Jesus did for me. On the cross, and when he rose again. And you can just come to the Lord and do that, and, and he'll forgive every sin. He'll give you eternal life. This life is over. You'll go to be with him. And he'll come to live inside of you and begin changing you from the inside out. Where do we learn this? From the Word of God. We can learn things about God, as we talked about last week, from creation, but you can't learn about getting saved from creation. You learn about it from the Bible. Thank God for that. All right, so let's continue. This is what I really want you to get here today. Starting verse 16. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. So let's work our way through this passage of Scripture here this morning. He says, all Scripture. So what are we talking about? Well, when Jesus was uh, on the earth, when He's talking about all Scripture, He was talking about the Old Testament. All of the Old Testament is Scripture. And then He told us that the New Testament was coming. So all of the New Testament Scripture. So when we say all Scripture, we're talking about this whole book from beginning to end. We're not talking about just the stuff in red letters, right? Sometimes you'll be talking to someone about something, maybe an issue in our society, and they'll say, "Well, well, Jesus never said anything about that. Well, yes, he did, because he told us that the whole Bible was God's Word. All right? So it doesn't actually have to come out of the words of Jesus when he was on earth. He told us that the whole thing was scripture. So all scripture is what? What's it say? It was given. Given. I don't want to spend a lot of time on this, but do you understand what a gift the word of God is? What a gift it is. And we'll talk about some things that we can see there. but I can't tell you how many times in my life when God has just used his word to make all the difference in the world to me. Sometimes it's because there's something specific that I need an answer for, and I don't know. You know how to respond, and then God will bring me to some place in His Word, and yes, I can see I got an answer. Okay, know how to go forward from here. But it isn't always like that. And I've shared this before, but there have been times where because of what was going on in, in my own life, and my family's life, there have been times and things going on in the church, and there's been times when I don't even know what was going on but I would w- wake up in the middle of the night and had this feeling of things aren't right. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? And, and not knowing what to do and so I got up, there's times I've got up and, I, and, and I've done what some, by God's grace, I learned to do. I just said, okay, I gotta pick up my Bible, and I gotta open it and say, God, where am I? What am I doing? What do you have for me? I, I don't know and I pick it up and read and, and read about stuff and read and read and read and and I don't necessarily get any specific answer, but I start to get this sense of, hey, God's got it covered. And that's so precious. Go back to bed. It's a gift, folks. Sometimes we, we value it way too low. But he said it was given by inspiration of God. Uh, That word inspire really means, literally in the Greek language, means to breathe into. Do you remember when God created Adam? Well, You don't remember. You weren't there. Uh, Do you remember reading about when God created Adam? Okay. It talks about how he formed him of the the dust, you know, and formed Adam. And it says he, he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. When God breathed into him, what happened? He became a living being. Well, these words that we have in our Bibles here are inspired by God. God has breathed life into them. They are living words. They aren't just ink on a page. Somehow what God said is alive. The Bible tells us alive and it goes inside of us and works and stirs us up and reveals things to us. It's alive. God gave it. But the fact that it's inspired also means that it is uh, infallible. Because God is infallible. He, he inspired the word. That means there's, there is nothing that the Bible talks about that it isn't right about. It also means that the Bible is inerrant because God gave it. And we'll talk about how he did that in just a minute. But it is inerrant. There are no mistakes in the word of God. Okay, now, that's not what you're going to hear on the news. That's not what you're going to hear on the History Channel. That's not what you're going to hear lots of places on the internet. And almost always the argument is this. Even those who want to say, well, we believe in God, the problem says, well, it can't, it has to have mistakes in it. Why? Because people wrote it. And nobody's perfect. And people make mistakes. And we go, wow, yeah, that's true, isn't it? And wouldn't you agree that about people? Okay. But let's think of it. Let's just step back to last week's sermon. Once we conclude that there's indeed a God who created everything, right? I mean, you look at creation, everything there is in the world, right? From the tiniest little thing, which is so complex, it's hard to imagine, to the the hugeness of the galaxies and the multitude of them, all of these things. If there's a God who can create that, is getting people to write down what He wants. Out of reach? (laughs) Hardly. He could have turned them into robots and made them write, right? But he didn't do that. What he did is he took people who who were committed to the Lord and loved God, and and, and he led them to write. And as he led them, the Holy Spirit guided them. They're using their own vocabulary in their own setting in life, and God is guiding them to write uh, exactly what he wants written, He's preventing them from writing things that he doesn't want written, and he's making sure they do write what he does want written, but very much alive. And so this is without error. You can absolutely count on it to be true every time, every place. And when you find yourself reading, sometimes you say, Dad, I don't know, that doesn't seem like it's true. One or two things going on. Either you're not understanding that properly, or there's something else you're not getting right. You see, we need to judge ourselves, our beliefs, our thoughts by the word of God and not judge the word of God by our thoughts and our feelings and our beliefs. So it's given by inspiration of God and it is profitable. Profitable. All right, who likes to make a profit? Okay. Anybody like to make a profit here this morning? Okay. Okay. So who is that back there? Is that you, Charlie? Okay, do you have any money in your pocket? Actually, I think I $2. Hey, okay, that works. I tell you what, I got $5, and you get it. How's that? Would you hand that to Charlie back there? Thank you. All right, so Charlie's going to go away today saying he profited by going to church. <laughs> Right? What, about 150% profit? That's a pretty good deal. But we understand the idea of profit. The profit, you profit when you end up more, with more than what you started with. Ah. The word of God is profitable. That means every time you go to the word of God and, and look to God for what he says there, you come away with more than what you started with. You profit. It's worth getting into, folks. So, so let's continue here. So it's, it's profitable. He says for four things. Okay, it's all given by inspiration of God, and it's all profitable for, for doctrine is the first one. And doctrine is this idea of what we believe, the teachings that we believe. And, and sometimes doctrine sounds boring, right? If I said, I'm going to preach on doctrine for the next umpteen weeks, you might go, oh, I don't know if I want to. By the way, I, I preach doctrine to you every week. But it's what we believe. And, and it, it's profitable to get it right. We're we going to learn from God what do we need to believe? How do we need to think about things? How do we need to look at things? Because, and Pastor Dave is so good at driving this home, and he reminds me from time to time your belief will determine your behavior. What you believe will always determine how you behave and the choices you make. And, and do you ever make choices that seem to go against what you believe? Is it only me? I did a few times this week. Well, the reality is, is that moment, I didn't believe it. Didn't really believe it. Because every time you're faced in life, think about this, every time you're faced in life with a choice, and, and, and there's God's way of doing something, and then there's some other way. And this might be a huge moral issue in sin, or it might be just a point of wisdom. Doesn't matter. But there's something that God says, and then there's something that the world and sin offers. And you can say, well, I believe what God says is always true. I believe what God said is always right. And we go the wrong way. At that moment, we don't really believe that's best and right, do we? We believe in something else. And so it's so important about what we believe. And and this, this belief is not just, okay, there's a God and then there's Jesus and there's a Holy Spirit. This is belief about everything. It's profitable for all things here. Profitable for doctrine, what we believe. It's profitable for reproof. Reproof is just saying, hey, 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 stop that. No, don't do that. That's wrong. Now, we, might, we don't really like that very much when people do that to us, do we? But if, if they're telling us the truth, it's a good thing, isn't it? What if you were speeding down the road out in the mountains taking a trip and there's somebody up ahead with an orange flag trying to wave at you and wave at you, and jumping out on the road and trying to get you to stop? Okay? And, 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 and you just keep going. You say, let's see how far they can jump. And, and as you go by, they're yelling, the bridge is out, the bridge is out. That's the wrong way. Don't go that way. It's a good thing. Reproof is a good thing. That's what I'm trying to get you to see. And the Word of God will reprove us. Plenty of times where I've either been sitting, listening to a sermon, or I have been in the Word of God myself, and I read it and I go, oh yeah, and there's a reproof. that that's, You're not going the right way with this. And the Word of God will do that to you. In the area of your money, in the area of your relationships, in, in your moral choices, and on and on it goes. It's gonna say, don't go that way. God hates sin. Remember we established that last week? God hates sin because of what it does to us. And so he will reprove you because he loves you. No, stop, 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 not that. Okay. So it's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, and then for correction. So it's like, <clears throat> so you see the flagman. And he's trying to say, don't go there. Don't, And, and so you just slow down and you roll down your window. He says, don't go that way. It's right around the corner and you won't even have time to see it. The bridge is out. Okay. Well, I need to get to this place, how do I get there? Okay, well what you're gonna do, just turn around here and you go back down here and you're gonna find a road, turn that way and make a correction. Don't you love when your GPS goes recalculating? But it's making a correction to get you where you wanna be. And the word of God will do that in your life. It will will not only tell you, see, what is the mentality of people who don't know Christ and they think the Bible is just a bunch of rules? What do they think? All they think of is reproof, right? No, 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 don't, 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 stop, 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 stop. stop. And it includes that, but then it says, instead, let's go this direction, make a correction. And then it says this, instruction in righteousness. It's profitable for instruction in righteousness. And this is the idea of just telling us, hey, here's how to live. Here's the right way to do this. Here's what to avoid. Here's what to pay attention to. And here's how you keep going in the right direction. You don't have to raise your hand, but anybody here today want to keep going in the right direction? Stop going the wrong direction. Get turned around in the right direction. Keep going in the right direction. That's what this book will do for you. And he continues. He says, all of these things God gave us profitable. says, you're going to come away with these things with more than you started. You're going to be in a better place than you were before you took the word in. And he says that the man of God, and by man of God we can say the woman of God, the person of God, the believer... May be complete. You want to have it all together in life? I don't mean being perfect. But I mean be well-rounded. Have a handle on the things you need to have a handle on. The word of God. May be complete, complete. Thoroughly equipped for every good work. For everything that God wants you to do. And by the way, it doesn't tell you how to change your oil. Bible doesn't tell you how to change your oil, but you know what it does? It tells you you ought to take care of your stuff. Oh. It tells you to be a good steward of what God has entrusted to you. It tells you that, uh, you know, when you're changing the oil, how you need to, you know, what kind of attitude you need to have. How you need to respond when the wrench slips and you smack the engine with your knuckles. <laughs> Do you see what I'm saying? But it it comes to bear on every area of your life in some way. And it's such, such a good thing. So, how are you going to then benefit from the Bible? If you really want to get the most benefit from your life, you have to live like the Bible is the Bible in your life. You've got to give it that role in your life. You've got to take it in, right? You've got to make it a point to, to be reading it, getting into it, uh, getting some help with that, studying it. Yeah, open up your heart and mind to God in it. Don't read it just like any book. Read it like what it is, the Word of God. God's What God has given you to be profitable in all things. And tell you what, today when we dismiss here, in a little while we have Bible study. We're going to start today out there in the foyer on a new class called Know Your New Testament. And we've got seven weeks on that. We're going to provide this whole big picture so that when you pick up your Bible and start to read it, because I understand sometimes it's hard to understand when you're reading the Bible, but we're going to teach you some things that are going to help you to understand the New Testament when you read it and to understand you know what it means. And then in here we got uh, um, a video series that's going to really help you to apply God's thinking from His Word about certain decisions Amen. that you have to make in your life. But the point is, do something. Stick around. Don't run off. Stick around. And let God's Word be God's Word to you in your life. Let the Bible be the Bible in your life. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your Word. Thank you so much that as, as we open ourselves up to you in your word, that you will speak to our hearts and minds, you'll teach us, you'll grow us, you'll comfort, encourage us, challenge us, change us. I pray, Father, we wouldn't let this slide, but we would just really step up and get serious about letting the Bible be the Bible in our lives, letting it be what you intend for it to be. I pray this in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. All right, we will continue with our series, Why? Next week. Uh, next week, we're going to be talking about why Jesus. It was, not just God, but why Jesus. OK All right, ushers, if you'll make your way forward, we'll take up our offering at this time and consider a few announcements as we do. Thank you, as always, for your giving. Uh, we we you know, appreciate it, not just for us, but what it does in people's lives here and around the world. Uh, I wasn't able, I, we got some pictures back. You remember at Christmas time, we, we collect, I can't talk, collected an offering for the pastors in Africa who needed training and needed Bibles. We have some pictures for you from that, but I wasn't able to get them into the presentation today. So we will be showing you those. All right, go ahead, you guys can begin. As uh, we take up the offering, just a a couple of notes to you. I already kind of talked to you about what's happening next. We'll have about 25 minutes here of refreshments and fellowship, and then uh, we'll begin out there on Know Your New Testament and in here with guardrails. And there is a new uh, college level Bible study which will be beginning uh, in two weeks, uh, the first Sunday in May interpreting the Word. How do I understand what the Bible really means? And it's a high-level course, really good, be very good, and challenging to you. If you have questions about that, see Pastor Dave, and he can answer those. I'm sure he can answer any question you have today. Uh, don't forget, ladies, Bible study, beginning very soon. You can find the information at the Connection Center in the back. A youth ministry parents meeting coming up the first Sunday in May. Uh, see Matt if you have any questions about that. And men, men, if you are... Uh, pondering or contemplating going to the men's retreat, we need to hear from you. We really do. Uh, there's a place to sign up back there at the Connection Center and if you don't, uh, uh, if, you, if you have questions you need answered first, you can see Dave, you can see Bill, maybe you can see Dean, you can see some of these guys, they can ha- answer your questions. But we need you to be moving on that. Okay, so we can take care of those things. Alright, I guess that's it. So... Uh, Let's pray and we'll be dismissed. Father, thank you again. We worship you here. You're worthy of us. Laying down our lives for you. I pray that you will work in our lives as we fellowship and then as we look to your word again. And I pray as we leave here today, we won't just leave, but we will go. We'll go into the world to be the people and, and to do the things that you want us to do out there. And I pray in Jesus' name, amen.